It's Saturday, June 24th, 2023, and this is episode 31 of The Mike Newman Show, where, once again, you guessed it, and you can hear it. Tim and I are hanging out at our favorite Austin eatery here in North Austin, having a little breakfast, hanging out with uh, the folks that work here, and going to get into a little conversation here pretty shortly, probably about travel. Uh, We're going to go back and uh, finish up uh, the list that uh, Tim had made a a couple months ago, and it's going to be summer travel time, vacation, all that kind of stuff, and see how things go. Uh, We always enjoy it, and uh, Tim and I will be starting up here in a few seconds. So uh, grab a cup of coffee, plate Amigas, Diet Coke, whatever you got, and uh, we'll be along shortly. Well, here we are, and you got your list. I resurrected the list, indeed. Cool. Trying to see. We. I was wondering if, if I, when I made the list, if I put the interesting things first or last, and I'm not quite sure. But well, I guess we'll find out. We'll do and, what we and, can do about it. And we can just keep it interesting anyway, because oh, of course that's our job. <laughs> <laughs> and we're worth what they pay that us for. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, what we were going to do is uh, we, we had done this a few episodes ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, Tim had presented, uh, well, he's got a big old list of travel questions, and it's basically inspired by his own travels, travels that uh, Tim and I made in years past uh, for our mutual job activities running around the world. Trying to put food on the table. Trying to put food on the table with as little sleep as possible in between yes. and um no we really enjoyed it being we enjoyed to- being totally confused by not speaking any of the languages but just eternally blessed except for when in japan <laughs> that most of the signs you could muddle your way through <laughs> so uh well let's get started with uh, what you got there what do you think so i i do have to comment on the on, on the signs yeah what <laughs> what one of my most memorable meals, and one of my best meals, actually, on a, on a trip was uh, was in Tokyo uh, at, a, at a meeting, and and uh, met up with a couple of uh, gentlemen from uh, from Britain, and uh, we headed out one evening to to have dinner, and as we wandered down the streets, relatively darkened streets, uh, but amongst some rather tall buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we passed a, a, a sign all in, in, I want to say kanji, but I'm not sure if Japanese is actually kanji, but uh, sort of Japanese markings, yep, yep. Uh, sign on the building. And, and one of the the, uh, the British gentlemen said, oh, wait, he said, he walked over and looked, and it, it used Arabic numbers, so it was one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, you know, he said, this, I think, says that there is a restaurant on the seventh floor of this building. And... <laughs> Of course, why why wouldn't you go right, that, up in a high rise building uh, to the seventh floor to find a restaurant? It just makes all the sense in the world. So we we we, we did we went up and uh, we, we we made it up to the seventh floor and we got off. It is is very dark and kind of a darkened uh, place, but uh, there was the clinking of uh, of silverware or, or chopsticks or something uh-huh. in, in the background yeah. and. And uh, it smelled good, so we we encouraged allowed, you allowed us out. You forged on. Now this might be a good a good place uh, to to have dinner. So we we the 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 
shepherded us into to low tables and and uh, 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 kind of interesting looking tables. Okay, get that down to okay. Yep. My mic is adjusting my mic. That's good. So, now, now it's aimed at your mouth. Maybe it's aimed at my mouth, and I can you can hear me. We'll see. Uh, so we sat sat down, and and as it turned out, uh, the 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 menus had absolutely no English on them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one in the on the wait staff spoke any English at all. And we were a bit in a, in a quandary. Now, hmm. a lot of lot of restaurants would have little plastic models of what the meal was going to look like, and you could point at one and or at least pictures. Was. You'd be but, like, yeah, eh. no, we could, could do that. No, not the case here. You know, do the, you couldn't do the rice to tentacle ratio no. on? Yeah, okay. So we we somehow and and the the, the the British gentlemen were were a lot better at this than I am. So they were they were they were into. Yeah, little little hand signals little and pantomimes and, and, and the like, and they they got across to the to the 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 waiter that was there. Just bring us dinner, what you would like to have for dinner, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 they, there was there was an exchange of signals and hand signals, and I think got we we all thought that they had gotten that point across that the waiter was going to bring sure. us for dinner what he would like to Home have for cooking. dinner. Right, home, little home cooking, right? And so they started bringing this stuff out, and uh, there, there, were, there were platters of uh, platters of meat, there were platters of raw vegetables, and then they brought out uh, these three large bowls of. Uh, uh, they were more than water; they were mm-hmm. they were they were they were already flavored up a bit, water. And they put them down. Lo and behold, these interesting tables were at had burners in the tables, mm-hmm. uh, so they. They fired those up and put the bowls on them, and uh, before you knew it, the uh, the, the water was boiling, mm-hmm. and we had these platters of stuff, and so we just started cooking it there. Cooking in it the, in. Yeah, I found out subsequently this was at, at least in my English translation that the cuisine was something called shabu shabu, hmm. uh, uh, very very well known uh, uh, element of, of Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. And so we, you, you, the, the water was boiling hot. The uh, the vegetables you put in, and they would boil for a while. The meat, very very fine, finely, Thin. finely, thinly sliced. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could just grab one edge of it with your chopsticks and kind of swirl it through the water, and it would be cooked. Oh, cool. And so we proceeded to to have uh, the cooked vegetables, cooked meat, and you all settled right in. After and, a bit, you could yeah. actually dip. The 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 liquid out of the bowl was a, a marvelous tasting soup. Wow! As it turned out, so we had we had a marvelous uh, we had a marvelous dinner uh, uh, using using no no spoken language at all, just a little uh-huh. a little sign language and a little common sense of what do you do with a pot of boiling water <laughs> and a plate full of raw vegetables. Hmm. You oh, cook them, right? Yeah, and maybe the waiter comes by every now and goes, "Yes, not, not." It was okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> so cool. anyway, it was it was very memorable for me. Uh, awesome. I was I was uh, I was still a, a bit of a novice at traveling to Japan in those days, and so the the, the British gentleman kind of uh, clued me in, made me a cool. little less uh, self conscious. So, 
Well, cool. So we're, we're, I think we did five last time. We, we did. Into... We did. We're going to start on. Uh, so there, I, ha- I have my. Uh, I actually, I think I have eleven questions, and we went through five of them last time. Well, that just fits one of your idioms: mm-hmm. is if something's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. overdoing. So if you got a yep. list of ten, you might as well have eleven. So the first question for this week is uh, is, is for Mike and I is. Oh boy, more coffee. Just more coffee. Up. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite airline or airlines? Hmm. Well. And for whatever reason you choose to give, and if um, you have different reasons for different airlines, that's fine too. It's uh. Okay. Uh, the problem is, I always relate it to a particular flight, so I, I think I kind of have to. Oh golly! That, that's, that's and it's uh, changed over time. Because like, okay, I'll I'll cheat, but at one point in time, my favorite airline was American Airlines, because we flew it all the time. You and I did, and in my experience, I never bought a business class ticket. I have never worked in a company at the period of time where my lowly station in the company permitted me to go to the travel agency and said, yes, I'd like to book a business class trip to, uh, to Paris, s'il vous plaît. No. But because of all the miles, eventually you get system-wide upgrades, and that got to be fun. Not in a... It just took an edge off of the, oh my gosh, how am I going to get comfortable for eight and a half hours back here? But um, I, I got a sweet spot for Qantas too um i think mainly i'm gonna go with Qantas because the the trips to australia and i think i made three um and they were all very different trips different times of the year um different departure situation in lax it was always out of lax sometimes from the podium or the stand out there um sometimes from the main terminal but the crew they just I mean, talk about a people that are remote. They, they know that in order for them to go anywhere else in the world, it's a long haul. And then anybody else coming to visit them, it's maybe a couple long hauls to get there, depending on where you're coming from in the world. And I always just appreciated, no matter where you were, because I was always in the, in the back half of the plane, they were just warm, generous, accommodating... Uh, helpful, humorous. So I, I, I'm going with Qantas. Sounds good, and, and good reasoning as well. I should put out. Well, I'll, I'll I'll touch on this actually uh, in a, in a couple of three fashions. Why why tell one story when you can tell three, and, and why tell short <laughs> I wanted to stories. leave you some time. To, yeah, why tell know. short stories when you can tell long ones? Right? That's more fun. No, nobody's anybody listening to this podcast yes would never guess would never guess. yep uh so I, I guess i have to say that my my favorite airline really is, is has been american airlines mm-hmm. and uh, uh as mike pointed out when you particularly as, as long as we've been here uh there was a time when you flew out of austin you flew either american or delta and you either flew, uh, most of the time you flew Austin to Dallas and then got on the plane where you were really going. Or Some, Continental, Houston, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes, well, Houston, yeah. that was, sometimes you would fly uh, Austin to Atlanta on True. Delta and, yep. and, and, and leave out of there. But 
for the most part, I I, uh, I traveled American. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it turned out, American started their frequent flyer program uh, along about 1981, somewhere in there. And I guess about four months after they started it, I I signed up for my American Airlines frequent flyer card. Mm-hmm. And in the early days of uh, of the Advantage program, which was what what American called their frequent flyer program, mm-hmm. in the early days, uh, you it wasn't really very difficult to get free tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally in the spring and in the fall, they would always run about a six-week special that if you took flew this many miles or took this many flight segments, you'd get a free ticket. And uh, for, for for travel anywhere, uh, they were they were uh, anywhere the the the, the, the uh, airline flew. Mm-hmm. And so I could rather routinely on every one of these I was traveling enough. I was having a huge amount of business in those days, but I was traveling enough that uh, I could always pick up a couple of free tickets in the spring and the fall, and, and, and maybe more than that. The, the point being that as, as as time went on, I I almost always had several free tickets, and so I could take my wife and and children with me, mm-hmm. and sometimes we even took trips with with other people mm-hmm. and american so so by, by traveling on american uh i got a lot of free travel and uh, uh they traveled to places at this time mostly domestic and sometimes to europe that that, that worked out well uh subsequently uh in later years american formed up uh, their one world alliance right with, uh, all the airlines have worldwide alliances uh, so that you can travel around the world and still kind of be within the the arms of a of a known set of airlines they do code share they they put itineraries together <laughs> schedules and everything so that it, yeah yep. it's convenient for you to go abroad mm-hmm. and so and so american in that case uh, kind of put me in, in in touch with them with other airlines that that in various parts of the world i like british airways uh, in in europe uh, but specifically, uh, Cathay Pacific in, yeah. in Asia. And uh, I, I really had a, have a warm spot for Cathay Pacific uh, for, for several reasons. Uh, I, I like I their, their seat arrangements. Cathay Pacific is the only airline that I, or the first airline I flew, that used a different way of, 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 uh, of uh, designing their seats. Uh, particularly in business class. In business class on Cathay Pacific, the... The seats were all set on a diagonal, mm-hmm. so you would have two diagonals down the down the uh, the, the body of the plane, mm-hmm. or four diagonals down the body of the plane, and your seat was even though it was business class, it was much more akin to what you would think of now as a pod mm-hmm. within first class. Uh, the, the the seats were they, they were a little narrow. I was kind of a big guy. They, they were a little bit narrow for me, but nonetheless. Uh, you, you you could lay all the way back so you could fully recline. You could literally yeah. lay lay in a horizontal uh, prone position, uh, and you had kind of an isolated seat, and and I, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in later years, I I, I really in the later years being like from the year two thousand on, uh, when I would travel in Asia, I I really liked Cathay Pacific because. I was getting to be kind of an old guy at that time, mm-hmm. and in the later years, walked with a cane. And the 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 flight attendants and the staff of 
Cathay Pacific, and generally all of the Asian airlines. Mm-hmm. Extremely deferential and accommodative to, to old people. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that, that made the flight experience uh, 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 marvelous and, and the like. So I liked Cathay Pacific. I have, to, I have to kick in one other point, but one of, one of my most noteworthy periods in traveling, and it, it was only about a oh, two-year, maybe three-year period. Uh, we, we started a project, a new project up in Austin. This would have been in 1996. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was a, it was a new project. It was very, uh, had a high, very, very high vis- visibility within the corporation, uh, the worldwide corporation uh, that I worked for. And our instructions were, uh, in order to get on top of this, we were, we were doing it in Austin a development of a new, a new system uh, that was going to be very highly visible in the in the industry. And we were told essentially, if you got a problem, you need to do something. Go get on an airplane and solve the problem. Get it done. Mm-hmm. And I was the the, I guess, in the. <laughs> I was I was either in the I was probably in the least necessary position for the project as a whole, which meant that I was kind of the most likely guy to go get on an airplane and go somewhere and do something. <laughs> I, I I was less missed than anybody else would be when I was out flying. Well, somebody maybe down the hall was like, "What are we going to do about this?" Yeah. And you're like, "Well, I can't do that." So let's. And you clearly are telling me you can't do that. I'll go find somebody to. Do can, that. Can do that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. So yeah. when we started the project, I I literally just started living on airplanes, and and my my status within American. I always had to fly out on American Airlines, and so most of my trips were on American Airlines, and so I started accumulating mileage like you wouldn't believe. I I was going up in frequent flyer status. One level a month. One of our colleagues asked me, or actually warned me, not to slip on the rose petals that they may be throwing in front of you uh, whenever we were boarding one of our flights. So, yeah. And that was a few years later, so uh, yeah, I, I learned to just carry a little blower in front of me to yeah, clear them out. Clear, clear, clear those rose petals out. Yeah, and that, it, it literally got to be that point. I, I, there, there was in... in uh, in the frequent flyer program in American Airlines at that point, there was a secret top level <laughs> to the program, which was called exactly that, top. And mm. it was not advertised, and it was some surprise to me that at some point, after about oh, five months of, of this constant traveling, my... my uh, um, Boarding passes, I started noticing you on the boarding pass, it would print out your status within the frequent flyer program. And my boarding pass started to be noted with the words top on it. Hmm. Now, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, as it turned out, that I, I ran into a, another guy that had that, and he explained to me what that meant, <laughs> <laughs> which, was, which was kind of cool. Did you guys have to exchange a pinky, it, like a handshake yeah, pinky thing, before I, you discussed I, that in the airport? We had people to do that for us. Okay. <laughs> he explained to me, and he, he had been at this at this level a lot, lot longer than I had, and, and, and it, basically it, it amounted to... The airline functioned as your personal concierge, mm-hmm. and 
if you if you had to change a flight, they knew it before I did. The flight got changed. Yeah. If changing the flight meant changing hotel reservations, they changed them. Mm-hmm. If it meant changing rental car reservations, they changed them. And the most interesting thing, and I, the, the, I guess the point that Mike was talking about was that particularly out of Dallas, so I was always connecting onto international flights out of Dallas mm-hmm. and Chicago uh, was, was as well. But it happened any any airplane airline that I air, airport that I flew out of, I would go in, I would get myself seated, and at some point, one of the gate agents from off the plane would come onto the plane. Look around and find me, and mm-hmm. walk back and say, "Mr. Jurgensen, is everything okay?" Yeah, and, and would would make sure that my pillow was fluffed and the, that the that the that the champagne on the, the the door was was fine. That got to be a pretty heady experience for about three years. Yeah, yeah. And then the project wound down. I eh, dropped the flight level, uh, the amount of flying back just a little bit, and uh, that, that went away pretty quickly. That was a, something that they, they guarded pretty jealously. And I would throw out that it, with American and their presence in Austin and the years that we spent traveling together, um, there were times when, well, just the, the Admirals Club staff in Austin um, – I may not have gotten to know them by name, but I, they knew us by face and typically, you know, where we were headed and, and those types of things. And you just kind of walk in there and, you know, welcome Mr. Newman, Mr. Jurgensen, And to the, to it, within the published levels <laughs> of frequent flyer, I mean, there were times when uh, there was one flight out of Austin, uh, the Austin to San Jose run that uh, we hit a bird somewhere out over um, Lake Travis or one of, one, of the, one of the Highland Lakes out there. And the pilot turned around, came back in. When I landed, turned my phone back on, I already had a message from American Airlines uh, telling me that I'd been rebooked on the Dallas to San Jose connection and I just needed to go to this gate. And because as I was coming back in, I'm like, am I going to reschedule all this or anything? You know, you're, you're, they, they, they took care of it. Literally one instance involved the uh, the little eatery that we're sitting in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I pretty well stopped flying in uh, 2013. The, the the last time I was on an airplane was literally 10 years ago now. Wow, coming up on 10 years ago. Well, I've got stories. To- anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So at any rate, <laughs> it was about it was about oh five years after that. So about about five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, was I was in here for breakfast one morning, uh, Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Very crowded area and uh, and. Uh, Finished breakfast and was getting up ready to leave. And just as I was getting ready to stand up, a, a lady, middle-aged lady from uh, uh, was seated a few tables away, got up and walked over and and stood by my table and and uh, she said, uh, "Mr. Jurgensen, do you remember me?" Mm-hmm. And oh, that's always <laughs> yeah. I'm not never, never, I'm always <laughs> always a little cautious about that. Uh, uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, I looked at her and she did look familiar. But I I, I was I, I told her I, I'm kind of sure. embarrassed. I, I said you're you look very familiar, but I, I honestly can't place you. I, she said I, I work with the uh, I work at the Admirals Club in Austin, mm-hmm. and and she knew me knew my name, mm-hmm. and, and at that point I placed. She knew her. your four digit American Airlines. Yeah, <laughs> my. Kidding. 
my seat preferences, though, just yeah. anything that you wanted about. Yeah. But she she awesome. was she yeah. was literally the uh, she was the lady that mm-hmm. uh, when Mike mentioned the story that about we remember, Hindenburg, yeah. that uh, she was the lady that that rebooked us on the next flights. I was I was the same flight. Uh, she she rebooked us, and but but this was literally five at least five years after I'd even set foot in an admiral sure. club. She still. She still knew me and came yeah. over and and uh, and and said hello and and uh, uh, that was that was that was that was kind of interesting. I, I yep. suddenly realized that you know you know a lot of people that you don't sometimes don't remember that you know. That's 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 a good stuff. Yeah. So what's your next question you got there? Well, the next question is what is your favorite airport? Oh. And and two forms. What's your your favorite? destination airport if you will and what's your favorite interim airport given the fact that we tend to do a lot of connecting flights mike and i did as we travel and what so uh, as an interim airport what was your favorite airport to connect through to go somewhere else oh boy well i'm going to and it doesn't have to be just one. It, if you, obviously, if you have multiple ones for various reasons, that's fine too. I. It's impossible for me to say that Paris is my favorite destination airport because of where all of the American-based, U.S.-based planes were. <laughs> and and Tim's laughing because he he knows. What I'm talking about? Yeah, you can't get any further away from the from, can, this, this, from this everything gate. else, yeah. right? And security always involved walking over a pair of pretty substantial sets of stairs to get to where the gates were. You couldn't anyway. But um, I'm going with Paris for a lot of reasons as my favorite uh, destination airport, um, mainly because of the train system. It, it it just got me to wherever I needed to go. And I wasn't intimidated by that. So the probably the frequency, the, re, the, the just getting familiar with it and comfortable with it, um, despite all the little things. The uh, the Admirals Club there was um, let's put it reliable. It was it was a it was, it was a good experience there as well. And um, except for the fact that one time my passport got stolen, literally out of my luggage there at the security checkpoint that's a whole other story uh favorite connecting airport i gotta go with jfk mm-hmm. and, and i'm just thinking specifically of the barcelona trip that was a that was a fun <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun connection <laughs> yeah sometimes these things get imprinted on our minds exactly you, know, you forget yeah. the rest of the world is out there other than that i would say dallas kind of as a second be- again frequency but i think when they got rid of that stupid terrain, you know, so everything with American, you have to spell with two A's. Just kidding. You know, AA in their logo. But, like, their Advantage program was AA Advantage. And then they had this uh, little train that just kind of clattered around, literally, on a, on a ground-level train. So you, you're, on the, you're on the departures level of the terminal. The planes are out there. And then you go downstairs. And I remember the... The one right next to the Papado restaurant at the one end thing, and you go down the staircase, and you look up at these old CRT TV screens that's got the flights on it, and this little train rattles along. I forget how many people could fit into a car, maybe four, six at the most, and it was just this automated little, um, 
just imagine wall baggage cart. Actually. Yeah, so basically a baggage cart. Dink, 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 dink. You know, little wheels to tires to bounce it off the concrete pillars or whatever. But it only went one direction. So if you were in, say, one end of Terminal A and you were going to C, which was right next to you, but you had to go all the way around uh, the whole airport, you, it had you questioning your your life choices at that point and if you're going to make a connection or not. And then it took them years, but they built this thing called Skylink. I think that's what it's called. Skytrain. Whatever, I forget what it is. Sky something. And this thing is up above, so now they put it up there, and it's bi-directional. It goes either way, and that changed everything, as far as I'm concerned, the, the experience of connecting in Dallas. Yeah, it made it, made it very fast. Well, my, in my case, my, my very favorite uh, destination airport, and, and the Dallas airport is kind of a given for the, mm-hmm. for the reasons Mike said. I mean, we, we travel through there a lot if you... you the, and we talked about the last plane in and out and that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's yeah. And the joke always was that that you know you, you died, you go into hell, you got to change planes in Dallas to get there. Uh, that was pretty much the case. So that that's kind of a given. It, it was there, but but my very favorite uh, beyond that, my very favorite destination airport, um, almost for the same reasons as, as as Mike, but my very favorite one was Frankfurt. Mm. I, I like the Frankfurt Airport. And, and largely, well, for, for due different reasons. So both as a destination, but as a remote departure airport as well. Mm. So as a destination, I liked it and for much the same reason, again, as Mike did, because of the train connections. Uh, in general, I, I, very, I had very seldom I had actually meetings, reasons to be in Frankfurt proper. A few right. times, but not often. Generally, I was either going to Munich or to Berlin mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes to Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. Uh, or other places close by, but or relatively close by. Uh, but in traveling through the United States, it was really easy to get to Frankfurt uh, mm-hmm. with a, with a with a direct flight out of Dallas. Dallas to Frankfurt was a, a, a pretty much a given. Uh, connecting flights then from from Frankfurt down to Munich or over to Berlin, you, you could do them. But but it, it it you know it added another three hours or, or more. And uh, usually those weren't within one world, <laughs> right? Because you're there, you're there as far as they're concerned yeah. as a one world's concerned yeah but, but at the same time uh, you, you went down to the lower level and the high speed rail system came directly into the Frankfurt airport mm-hmm. and so there were trains that literally left every hour uh, to Munich or over to Berlin or over to Stuttgart and and so without without having to plan it you, you could just just Plan it mm-hmm. ahead of time. Just walk down there and catch you, the next one. That's right. You you, you get into you could, you could buy a ticket uh, when you bought your airline ticket. You could buy a ticket, mm-hmm. a train ticket over to, to, to Berlin. Uh, but you, you could use it any time. Uh, if you really were worried about it, you could actually reserve a seat. But for the most part, you never did reserve a seat on the sure. train. You just had a ticket on the train, and you got on board and you found a, an unoccupied seat. Generally, there were a lot particularly traveling on a Sunday, which was uh, uh, often when I was getting there. And so it, it was a very convenient then to just go down, hop on a train, and, and, and get down to, to Munich or over to Berlin. And once you did, you were you were in the central city, uh, which, which helped as well. You didn't have to work your way in from an airport when you got to those places. Departing was, oh, I, I loved Frankfurt because there was a Sheraton, very nice Sheraton hotel in the airport proper. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, 
for the most part, if you if I was flying back to the United States out of Frankfurt, uh, uh, it was a it was a, a morning flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so meeting when I would have meetings either in Berlin or or in Munich, uh, they generally would end up on end on a, on a Friday, uh, and so I had the I had the option I could either get up really early on Saturday morning in order to catch a connecting flight or catch the train, train up yep. in, into Frankfurt and then catch my plane out. Mm-hmm. But a really nice, I always really enjoyed a really nice approach for me was to catch a train or a flight out on Friday mm-hmm. afternoon or Friday evening and go into Frankfurt and stay in the Sheraton. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the Sheraton was a, was a very nice hotel, had a nice restaurant. Yeah. And so it was it was very pleasant to get in there, uh, uh, get kind of get sorted bit. out and your 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 steps away from just going through passport yep. control and all that other stuff and you're on your way. Absolutely. And so you go down you go downstairs and have dinner or have room service brought to the room. And Frankfurt had an Admirals Club too, so you were yep. as opposed to those other airports. Yep. And 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 uh, uh, so the next morning when you mm-hmm. when you you know you have a ten o'clock or eleven o'clock flight, mm-hmm. you didn't have to get up at four AM in order to catch connecting flights. You just got up and yep. Wander over to the to the Admirals Club and and handle everything there and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was great. So cool. I I enjoyed Frankfurt as a departure airport. My very favorite connecting airport, the place I love to connect through, was Hong Kong. Uh, I loved the Hong Kong airport, and I did, did that once with you, and that was that was different. It it well yes, <laughs> and this, this is when I when I when I when I when I had a I, I didn't have the absolute top level uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 travel uh, uh, status on on American or the One World Airlines, but sure, I, I, I had the, the the highest advertised level. Right, let's yeah, put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. And and so at the uh, at it, and, and I as I say I love Cathay Pacifics. For the, mm-hmm. for, so generally I was connecting. Uh, I was either. Connect, coming in on Cathay and connecting to another Cathay flight, or I was coming in on some other airline and connecting to a Cathay flight, or vice yeah. versa. The, the point a being lot of that's that, Cathay that, to Cathay, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, in general, Cathay Pacific was was in the mix there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And with the status that I had with the frequent flyer program, I could use the first class lounge at, mm-hmm. at, at, at for Cathay Pacific at Hong Kong. That was a really nice yeah. lounge. They 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 is they, that the one? That's the one we went in. When we we did our lap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had it's kind of downstairs, and but you had a yeah. It it it, it was it it had a, had a had a had a dining area. Yeah, uh, generally had a buffet laid out. All of the tables had tablecloths mm-hmm. and silverware and and the like. Uh, generally, a very widely ranged buffet mm-hmm. uh, that would let you eat dinner or lunch or, or breakfast. Yeah, we had a hearty breakfast in there on that in. trip. Yep. Uh, I also like the fact that they had uh, they had showers mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, essentially private showers, private rooms. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a dressing room with a shower. And uh, so after uh, after an eight-hour flight or a 10-hour flight uh, coming in, Mm-hmm. You take your as long as you carried everything in a carry-on bag, and I generally only only travel with a carry-on luggage. I never had checked luggage in those days. Uh, go into a, to a private uh, a private room and and change clothes, take a shower, uh, and, yep. and go out and and have uh, breakfast or lunch mm-hmm. or dinner. Uh, 
just set for a while, uh, snooze if you sleep a bit if you wanted to, and then catch a uh, head out to, to catch a catch a flight. And and a lot of the a lot of the long range connecting flights, the big big airplanes, the seven forty sevens. Uh, generally, were at gates that were very close to the lounge. So yeah. So that that was my I I, I it, 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 traveling in Asia Asia is is a little bit different than traveling anywhere else in that mm-hmm. it's generally you're connecting a a seven hour flight to a seven hour flight or a seven hour flight to a twelve hour flight. Every yeah. every place is <laughs> is quite a ways away. Yeah, we've commented at our surprise <laughs> at, at at how far it is from Narita in Tokyo to Singapore. Yeah. You know, after you've flown from the u.s to tokyo and you're like yeah i'm just connecting to singapore oh i see yes, yes. uh-huh we, we we went in with the idea that it was it was dallas to austin again instead it was it was boston to san francisco uh, sort of thing. and then some and then yeah some, it was yeah. like a seven and a half hour flight but on that the, the one trip that i did uh traveled with you through hong kong we had started our day in um it was an overnight flight so we started our day in in barcelona connected through Heathrow, so it was British Airways up to uh, uh, Heathrow, and then Heathrow on Cathay, Cathay Pacific to um, Hong Kong, and, uh, excuse me, and then I never flew into the old Hong Kong airport, we, that trip we flew into the new Hong Kong airport, so I, I missed checking out everybody's laundry hanging out their windows <laughs> on, on approach, but then, um, yeah, we did have a, a nice breakfast at the, at the lounge you're talking about there. Then we got another Cathay flight to go to Kuala Lumpur, which was another what six and a half hour, yeah, five or six, or it was it was it was down there. So that was a very uh, welcome uh, little layover there. And it wasn't a super long one; it was maybe four four and a half hours or something like that. But it was just about right to to deal with the overnight yeah. and then to to spend the day uh, flying on down onward. Yeah, good stuff. So that was uh, that, that 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 was that was that was a fun place indeed. Uh, so okay, uh, number seven? No, uh, eight. We're now on number eight. Yeah. So this was a, is kind of a weird one, uh, but but oh good, we, we've traveled. No, I'm fine for both things. We're, we're, we 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 traveled enough that it, it, it may make sense. But it, basically, what is what is your favorite duration for a trip? For the actual, the full trip? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so, well, so the longest duration for a trip was the round the world, round the world trip that you and I took. It was literally, I believe, the month of October. <laughs> it was four weeks. Yeah. That was, well, yours was a little shorter, I think. Mine continued on to D.C. Oh, that, that's right. It was, yeah. I, I, we, we, we departed, what, in San Francisco or L.A. or something, we, I think. Well, uh, we, yeah, we separated coming back in from, um, I think we'd been in Queensland. and we, So we departed Brisbane, landed into L.A., and then you made your way back to Austin, and then I got on a 757 up to Dulles. Hey, and that was a long day. <laughs> so I always wondered... The the Qantas had an interesting deal with the FAA or or whoever. They could keep that flight number. It was just stopped in LA and then continued to New York. 
And I was like, that's a really long day if you're going all the way to New York. So anyway, I went to D- I went to I went to Dulles, and then our our mutual colleague, basically uh, the one that was paying our checks, um, had me picked up at the airport, and I think I slept for the next eighteen to twenty hours. I kid you not. So um, that was a little long. Um, I survived it. I, I, most of the other trips were exactly as you described. Would be I would depart on a Saturday, and usually fly back on a Friday or a Saturday morning. Following that, I would say that's probably my ideal duration. Mm-hmm. I've also made trips to Europe that lasted less than two sleeps. No, 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 no. not at all. <laughs> Not not interested in doing that again. Um, but I I I and it, it to me it also has to do with um, whether you're crossing a hemisphere or not. Because although I really did enjoy some trips down to Brazil, something about that flight it's just it doesn't seem right that <laughs> that it's like you're only what is it two or four hours off uh time zone wise mm-hmm. but you just you, you maybe it's lack of experience but you don't expect to get smacked by jet lag the way you do um whereas you're crossing all those time zones going to europe or to asia you kind of expect to get beat up yeah and when you go down south i, I don't know it was that, 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 that's a, probably i should have added that as a, as a, as a, as a question or a comment it, it is interesting uh in traveling a lot, uh, uh, traveling north south, if you will, versus east west, mm-hmm. and, and you know, ninety for me at least ninety five percent of my travel was east west type travel, mm-hmm. and so you cross time zones, you you, you travel overnight, uh, you 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 leave in the daylight or you leave at dark and you wake up in the daylight. Uh, traveling north and south, where you're not crossing time zones, it, it's it's a little weird. You always end up with a night flight. Yeah. And and I think that's probably what throws me off the most. It also kind of reminds me of, uh, well, in a way, just even flying to Alaska. And so that's a eight-hour flight from Houston, for example. And you're like, wait a minute. I haven't even left the continent. But yeah. um, that those are usually night flights back. And a lot of times they connect through Seattle at some ridiculous hour. And anyway, so yeah. yeah. What about you? My 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 favorite duration I think has to be well t- two two uh, for Europe uh, one week is, mm-hmm. is my favorite duration. Uh, and and uh, I I liked the leaving on a Saturday and getting back on a Sunday, which meant that I was mm-hmm. I was flying uh, or, or or excuse me leaving on Saturday try and get, getting back on Saturday, but that I would be arriving at my destination on Sunday. So I'd fly overnight Saturday yeah. night to get there, arrive on Sunday, uh, had time to, to decompress a little bit before starting the work week. Gave you the five days there, yeah. yeah. Coming back, uh, getting on, uh, on, on, a, on an early, uh, not er- terribly early, but an early Saturday flight, mm-hmm. and, and staying in the daylight all the way home. So, yeah. so you're, you're, you're crossing time zones, but you're going with the sun, and so it's it's daylight when you leave. It's daylight when you arrive, and and, and, and I just like that. 
uh, traveling to, to Asia, uh, to Australia, uh, 10 days was about my favorite time. One, one mm-hmm. week is a little bit short. Yeah, for those length of flights, ten days was was kind of nice uh, because well, just just it, sure. it, it it gave you time to to uh, to to have a have a have a a, a good the, the flights were going to be long, yeah. Uh, so you could have a good flight, but you'd still have enough time for good meetings uh, and and or work sessions while you were there, and so so about ten days was it, Mike Mike observation that are 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 one of one of the around the world trips and, and for the last several years that i traveled uh i almost always traveled on around the world tickets so i, I made a number of trips around the world in in both directions uh but on, on on this particular one where we we went through uh we did barcelona and we did kuala lumpur and we did um uh, brisbane or it was Sydney. It, it was uh canberra so we, we oh. flew into Sydney and then made a connection down. So we kind of had a down weekend. I had an extra day because I cheated. So I, I um, you flew back up from Kuala Lumpur to Hong mm. Kong and then caught the Hong Kong to Sydney flight. I said, I'm going to fork out the, what was it, 90 bucks or something for Malaysian Air to take me just, I was like a couple hundred miles yeah it was like <laughs> it was it was like flying to dallas literally yeah. at that point and um that's when i just stayed over the night in um tim slept on a plane i slept in the uh singapore uh little in in airport hotel and then i caught the whale which was uh a380 it's my first a380 r- ride uh Qantas to sydney and and that one tricked me on how long the flight was as well it was another seven and a half hour flight from Kuala Lumpur to to Sydney, and that was an all day flight. It was a, it was sunlight the whole time. It was this big plane that you didn't really feel take off. I mean, it was just literally things a whale, and that allowed me to basically I did laundry and you know so it, that was kind of and I and I got to hang out with um, Kurt and um, Graham and we figured a fuel line problem in the boat it was it was a good it was a fun little fun little break there in the middle before we then in flew the meantime, on I, w- I was having breakfast and, and taking a shower in the home exactly car. right and so and we were, were all happy we, it was it was fun so yeah we did the um we we did uh do what we were doing in um in canberra and then flew up i think we connect no i mean we gone direct up to brisbane had meetings in brisbane and flew back to LA. You you continued home to Austin, and then I went and went up to yeah. DC for stuff. Yeah, that was that was a that was that was a very long trip. Uh, it was, uh, uh, and it's always interesting to kind of miss October when you get back yeah. home. I lost a month in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, and I, I uh, math. It was yeah. it, it was it was a cool. good trip. It was it was a good time. Uh, so my my next question here is. What was your worst trip? <sighs> well, Tim, I just try to make lemonade out of lemons, and I really can't. Th- oh, let me let me think about this. Um, worst trip. Uh, golly, that's like this is this is in the realm of probably it's always going to be a first world problem kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that I I'm just. 
probably something that had to do with connecting through Chicago in the winter, <laughs> going to Canada. So I was doubly dosed with there's no good way to get from Austin to Ottawa, Montreal, any of those Canadian cities, Toronto. There's there, No, you can't do it. You, you got to go through Chicago. And, and going to Canada in the winter is just not fair. So I can't remember a specific... I, I remember... Worst trip is any trip in the winter missing a connection in Chicago. I'll just put it that way. Uh, my my worst trip, and, and, and Mike Mike was with me on on, on this trip. My my worst oh. trip was. <laughs> Wait, was, no, I wasn't talking bodily harm. <laughs> yeah, well, I, there's there's just no yeah. way to separate it. <laughs> and, and the the reason that that, that the same trip wasn't Mike's worst trip is because. I was entertaining him the whole time. And everyone else. And, and it was, it was else. how's Tim today? Yes. Where's Tim today? <laughs> Is he dead yet? <laughs> we we had a we had a meeting in a in a little village in Bavaria, so a, an hour's train ride south of Munich. Mm-hmm. Idyllic place, beautiful little village right on the the the, uh, the end of the name was Amse. A M S E E. It's it's on a big old lake down there. It was beautiful. Yep, set right next to a lake. Beautiful place. We 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 we, we were in a very quaint hotel mm-hmm. uh, meeting room. Little uh, restaurants within walking distance. It was train station. Was yeah. It was it was a neat little town. Mike Mike and I had arrived uh, a, a a day. We we'd arrived on a on a uh, I, I guess it was Sunday. I guess it I think was we did our Sunday. usual Sunday. Yeah, yeah. got it on Sunday. But 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 we we stayed at a at a Marriott hotel in Munich uh, for that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah. nice hotel. But as we checked into the hotel, I realized that I kind of had a scratchy throat a little bit, you know. And yeah. I, I recognized that I, I was probably going to come down, coming down with a bit of a cold, and uh, and I did. Mm-hmm. And and the cold had set in pretty well by the next morning when we got on the train to, to head down to the, the little village. Right. Well, I, I had a had a propensity at that time, and I still do, I guess, that uh, colds a, a, a cold for me would 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 very often uh, uh, lodge itself in my throat and my sinuses, and that would generally turn into bronchitis without like rapid and legitimate inter- intervention. You know where this road goes. Yeah, basically, yeah. And so here we, I, I was. It's Monday. I was, I was feeling that bad. It was Monday, and we were, we were getting further away from civilization, as I would put it. And this train didn't go directly to the destination. There was a platform somewhere along the way where we had to stop, get off, carry all of our luggage up. You know, it's, it, it's Europe. It's Europe. You do this. But I think it was raining that day, or mm-hmm. at least it was starting to get cold. Yeah, so so we we made it we, we we made it through. But by the time we got to the little hotel in in the in this little village uh, Bavarian mm-hmm. village, I I was I was pretty well down with it. And uh, the hotel, as I say, quaint, a mm-hmm. large hotel. Yeah, generally you can you can you can call the concierge desk and they they can arrange a doctor for you if you really need it. Right. Well, mm-hmm. this. This would have been one of the few trips when I really needed a, a doctor, and and there wasn't one available, uh, uh, so I, I couldn't get anything in the way of uh, prescription medication. 
I guess if I would have just passed out on the floor, someone else would have had to deal with it, and, and I probably could have gotten help at that time. An approach, yeah. But I didn't, and and in, so in the course of the week, I just got progressively worse. And, and, and it rained and, more. It, it, it was cold. We, we, we didn't see evening, the sun until the end, did yeah, we? No. Yeah. And what one evening we had uh, we had about a oh what maybe a, a mile and a half walk. Mm-hmm. From our hotel to a little inn where we were having dinner, yeah. and it was in the rain, and I walked along with everyone else. Actually, everyone else walked along to see if I was going to live, uh, because I, I was kind of the topic of conversation that time, because I just kept getting, I looked worse and worse as the week went on. I had bronchitis, I had I'd, I'd infected sinus, even my eyes were infected by that time. You know, you'd look at my eyes and and, and think, God, the, the guy's going to die. You rallied at the Munich airport, though. <laughs> well, that was only because <laughs> they had a good bar. <laughs> say, so, that's when we discovered Bellinis. Bellinis. Yeah. So, so the the week the, the week just got progressively worse, progressively worse. This was one of those where, trips where we at least we took the train back up to the Munich airport mm-hmm. uh, and there was, a, there was a very nice oh, hotel and you, and in you, the Munich you called an audible like halfway through the week uh, we should stay here so we all changed our hotel reservations it was perfect it was again another at the airport kind of thing which makes all sorts of, I mean everybody was like hey, we, we need to keep eyes on Tim so we're doing this that's cool we, we, so we all it worked well yeah we, we, we stayed at a, at, a, at a nice hotel uh, uh, for Friday night uh, mm-hmm. at the Munich airport uh, we went out. Uh, the, the folks that were with us, uh, uh, someone liked the the a mixed drink, a cocktail called a Bellini, a peach Bellini, as a matter of fact. Hmm. And uh, we all allowed us how that was really good. Yes. And and so we we were ordering them. Literally, the, the bill came for dozens of them, if you will. Well, there was. In our defense, there were a few of us, yeah. but I will say you guys were well ahead of me. I was on a conference call with California for some reason, so do the math there, nine-hour difference. But I finally got downstairs before the end of the Bellinis, had one. It was nice. And then somebody decided, we really should eat something. And and there was a restaurant right inside the airport that had something to do with airplanes, and it was kind of cool, too. So, yeah. So, we but, had to, so, the, so the next day, so, so, so then the Saturday morning, I... I I would have had to have gotten a lot better to look dead. Uh, I was going to say, this is the hardest part. You, it's like you can see the end, but you're not there yet. To this day, I don't, I don't honestly don't, and I, I actually after the pandemic, it, it probably would have changed. I honestly don't know why they let me on the airplanes. I was hacking, I was coughing, I looked terrible. I I looked like I had you know mm-hmm. hemorrhagic fever of some type uh, uh and, and and so I was hacking, coughing. Uh, well, two things happened. They let you on the plane, and they let you into the United States. Yes. Yeah. And what God knows why. Yeah. Uh, Mike was fortunately kind of shepherding me along. Uh, <laughs> I think try trying to make sure that I, I was okay, but not letting anybody else know that he was actually traveling with me, lest I nah, get I was all good. I get quarantined. And I think that might have been the first time you used one of the carty cart cart things in in Dallas. Yes, because Tim always found a way to make his own way. You know, no matter the ailment or hour. And uh, I was like, oh, let's take the little. Let's take this little beepy let, let, cart thing. Yeah, let somebody <laughs> hold me from there. Yeah. And anyway, when we finally got back to to Austin, yep. my wife at that, at that time, my wife picked me up at the airport, and 
Uh, she did. She didn't even say anything. She just drove to the emergency mm-hmm. room. Yep. I, I was sitting in the seat. And <laughs> You're my responsibility say, now. <laughs> she took me to the emergency room and they they pumped me full of antibiotics and I was I was in, in significantly better shape by the next day. But uh, that was that was that was far and away that was an exclamation point on the whole concept of the the worst possible trip uh, that. Uh, that, that I ever had. And well, let's wrap it up on number 10 here. And uh, so that uh, number 10 is, is what is your most memorable activity on a trip? Well, I can't say. <laughs> so tell us out, well, just tell us out one or two. All right. Well, one or two. Ones. One yeah. in- interesting ones. Um, I would say possibly. Oh, golly. Um, I would say the night, it's Berlin, and it's a standards committee meeting that we were in. Um, the, the The river cruise at the standards meeting where uh, the great um, compromise was reached. Mm-hmm. For, on authentication protocols, yeah, I think that was the so that, that was that the last whole, combination was, of, of, of work related plus uh, uh, personal enjoyment. Yeah, well, and and just the interaction between the, it, I mean, we had a great time with uh, the German hosts. We had a great time with the French delegation. We had a great time with the Australian, all the delegations. But um, you know, just that 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 time on the boat. On the, on the river was was one of the most memorable and enjoyable kind of little side things we did. Um, the uh, one of one of our favorite, if you will, senior statesman of standards from Afnor, uh, Rene. Um, he was in rare form that week, and um, our friends and colleagues from Australia always uh, just solid folks to work with and it was it was uh that was just for me it was kind of at the end of things when we were doing the doing the standards there was still the work to do to get it published but that that broke through um a lot of the it it was it yeah that one it was fun well i i'll i'll mention three activities uh uh all of them uh, divorced from work but they, they were just activities that uh were memorable to me than I, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do without mm-hmm. being traveling for work and the like. Uh, one was a, a, a meeting uh, in Munich. Uh, this was a, a Java Card Forum meeting, so Mike was, wasn't mm-hmm. in it was the before my that, time. Before his time, but uh, the, generally when we'd have the Java Card Forum meetings, at least one evening there was the host would plan some special activity, either a nice dinner or... Yeah, like a, a social activity. Or, uh, social yeah. activity. Uh, this particular one, the, the Germans outdid themselves. They they arranged for us to go to, uh, I guess they, they existed in the, in the U.S., uh, little Malibu racing sites where you can go race go-karts. Oh, cool. Small karts, Oh, yeah, right? yeah. They so have the, one down they, at Coda. You can still do it down yeah, there. Yeah, well, they, 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 they had one in Munich that was... Kind mm-hmm. of a step up from that. They, 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 the, 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 the little uh, cars that you raced were, were a bit, bit more than go karts, mm-hmm. uh, and and they 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 pulled a few G's when mm-hmm. you went around corners. 
And so we we, we went in and and, and you, you put on a racing suit. So oh, that, cool. that, that was the fun thing. You, nice. You, you put on a racing suit, you put on a helmet, you get in this little car. And as I say, uh, the rear end could come loose. It could, it yeah. could indeed. <laughs> it, and, and so that, that, that was, that was a great activity. I, I, yeah. I've never done that since. Uh, it was not something I would ever have, uh, have thought about doing on my own, but mm-hmm. that, that was great fun. Uh, that was great fun. Another one was, a, a, a meeting, uh, um, uh, in uh, Marseille, mm-hmm. uh, 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 this was a, 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 again a Java Card Forum meeting, very early one on, being hosted by the Gym Plus folks. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the owners of Gym Plus lived uh, in, in that area and had a, uh, a, I've always just called it a three-masted schooner. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, that was he kept anchored at, at the Marseille Harbor. Uh, so we, we loaded on that. Wow. Uh, yeah. We, we, we headed out under full sail and went to a little island some miles oh, yeah, off of yeah. the coast. Uh-huh. Anchored in a, in a, pulled into a little cove, anchored, had a beautiful dinner. Uh, and later on, uh, late after dinner, uh, uh, we, we, we got away, underway again. Sailing back into Marseille. Into the sunset, yeah. Uh, that, well, yeah. It, it was Earth's late, gone by it then. was very late, yeah. <laughs> okay. but, but, but sailing into the Marseille with the lights on the hill uh, and the whole thing. Yeah, the there, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it was it was a marvelous, uh, cool. marvelous experience. And the last one I'll mention, Mike was involved in this. It, it, it was literally you know an hour or so. It wasn't a big deal, but but uh, and I think Mike arranged it. Uh, he he had uh, uh, we were in Sydney. And we were uh, looking around for something to, to do, and Mike came up with the idea that we would go to an ice bar. Oh yeah, so I, it may have been me. It may have been um, Nancy. Um, oh, she was a secretary at for oh, TF. Oh, 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 Sally. Sally. Sally may have come up with it. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that was that trip. That was fun. So, somebody came up with the idea <laughs> yeah. that, that, oh, I noticed either at the hotel or I learned about it. There's, sure. there's this bar that that's made out of ice. Yeah. And so we, you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I think there were four or five of us that, yeah. that, that went in. You, you put on parkas. Yeah, yeah. You and, put on parkas. And gloves. and uh, there's, there's like an there. airlock. You go in there because this... Everything inside is literally frozen, folks. Yes, yeah. it, it, the, 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 it had to be. And it was and bright it, sunshine and, you know, yeah. 70s, 80s Fahrenheit outside. It, and It was less than 20 degrees. It, it, it was certainly less than 20 degrees in, in the bar. Yeah. And uh, and they, they brought you your drink, came in a, in an ice glass. Yeah. It was made out of ice. Yeah, they gave you gloves because everything you were going to touch That's in there was ice. You sat on ice bar stools and it was cool yep it, it was it was just <laughs> again something that i i probably wouldn't have uh, have experienced otherwise so it, it was it was fun that was cool yeah and i'd also say just uh, some some of the stuff you and i did together on our first um trip to sydney we headed right off to uh the zoo and and got on the the ferry across the the harbor there and um we asked you know what's the way to do the zoo and they said from the top to the bottom, that's the way to do the zoo. <laughs> so you pull in on the ferry, and you, I don't know, we just, our ticket got us a little cable car up to the top, and, and we came down, and 
uh, acquainted ourselves with the local flora and fauna. Yeah, that was was cool. I, I remember that as well. That was a, that was a fun trip. That it, it really was. Not not the least of which, literally traveling by the ferries. Uh, very. They call ferries, them taxis too, like the little. Tax- they just ding 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 ding. ding. They run in, around. In the yeah. Sydney Harbor was great, and and we were we were staying at a hotel, uh, literally close by what was called the Circular Key. Yep. And uh, 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 you would. You're in the Marriott right there, yeah, which yeah. up at the, and and I stayed at. Uh, I usually when I would go abroad at that point, I, I'd look things up on a just a travel website and I'd try to find places near train stations. And I was at a little independent restaurant. But they had my first, and I just loved their English breakfast. <laughs> I was like, you know, grilled tomatoes and beans and bacon and all the, I mean, come on. I mean, why don't we do that here yep. in the States or whatever? But anyway, and then I would go down and hang out with you guys, and, and we'd be up in the in the lounge, and you just had that beautiful view over the, you could see the, the Sydney Harbor Bridge out there, and it was, yeah. it was awesome. And coming back in on, on all the ferries, you, you always, you always... Uh, putted along beside the, the Sydney Opera House. Yes, one of, one of my favorite buildings in the in the whole world. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah. and and uh, that's Tim's uh, profile picture, by the way. If you're looking in a new podcast app, you'll see Tim's yep. finally got the profile picture loaded up there. And well, that's, Tim was like, "Take my picture <laughs> with, with that in with the background." That in the background. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. And, and to this day, so that was that was 15 years ago at least. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, that's still my my favorite picture. If I if I put a profile picture up, I always use that picture. So cool. I, I always look uh, uh, at least 15 years younger, at least than I am. Although I think I probably look more than 15 years younger. But anyway. and what was what was the harbor around? So you you'd start at Circular Key if you're going to take the taxi or whatever. You'd go out underneath the 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 bridge. And then was it Darling? Darling Harbor. Darling yeah. Harbor. That's where the, that's where the uh, aquarium was and, and stuff right. over there. And I always think of Bill McGregor when I think of that because he got the little clownfish pins yeah. for everybody and, yeah. and passed them out. And, and Marvel, actually, uh, beside Darling Harbor was were generally were the, the the really good restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we 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 we, we traveled. Uh, we take taxis across. It wasn't, wasn't that long a trip. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was. Well, you could walk months. over too through the through. I guess they call yes. it the rocks through there. Yeah. And and actually, we have to comment the the Harbor Bridge in in, in Sydney is, is is marvelous. You you can actually take a hike over the top oh, yeah. of the bridge. Yeah. Uh, I I never did it myself, but I walked across. I, I did. I went over to Luna Park, which is that I didn't go into. It's the um, I'm waving my hand right in front of because it's far off. Um, but it's the big sunshine thing you see in a lot of the movies or whatever. That's kind of creepy sunshine thing. But I walked on the on the traffic level going yes. across. But people can pay I don't know 100 150 bucks and you put on a blue jumpsuit and clip in and and you can walk the span on the on the arch across the top and i was like maybe not well those were also booked up you know like weeks and months if you're if you're ever ever wondering about it anytime literally every new year's day when you start seeing around the world pictures of new year's eve Mm -hmm. the first picture will always be the fireworks going off of the harbor bridge in sydney so yeah you 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 can know the bridge we're talking about just by recalling that well as you can tell tim and i enjoy reminiscing and we enjoyed traveling together doing all these things and hey that sounds like a winning idea let's go give that a try (laughs) and 
usually it turned out pretty cool and uh, enjoyed the travel with Tim. And all right, what's number eleven? Because uh, we we have to overdo. Everybody's like, can't just leave number oh, eleven. So it, it's it's kind of an esoteric question, but but it was it was really did, did, do you have or did you have any significant different attitude as you traveled for business versus traveling for pleasure? Did you think about it differently? Did you do things significantly differently? Uh, so most of my tra- so for me this will be easy. Um, <clears throat> most of my personal travel, pleasure travel, has been disassociated with my travel destinations for business. At least they've been domestic. So most of my, um, I was, I would always have like that extra day and a half. Like you see, come in on a Sunday, a lot of times my standards meetings being in Europe wouldn't start till Tuesday. So I'd have that first day to acclimate. So they were integrated. I really couldn't separate them if I, if I look at it that way. Uh, but domestically, a lot of what we do is drive. When you, when you were asking about favorite airline earlier, and I'm like, well, it's got to be Southwest these days. I mean, they just find a way to get you there and get you back. And everybody knows it's a bus with wings, and the, the, the expectations are just set differently. For business travel, um, yeah, you expect the airline to get you on time, but you also actually have a little bit of a... Um, you realize that if they don't get you on there on time, you're not eating into your personal time. It's, hey, you know, it happens, right? And then the business accommodates and gets you where you need to get. Whereas if you're taking time off and you got your spouse with you or your kids and you... Um, I would say, and it, I think it... You know, I'm rambling here, but esoteric, just kind of ephemeral kind of question. I think of where... I paired a personal bit of travel, like to the end of something. Like uh, my son and I, um, I had a trip to D.C. spring break one year. It was into spring break, and the business meeting was on a Monday, which is very rare. But um, it worked out perfectly. So my son flew up. I picked him up. We stayed at a hotel in the D.C. area. He did museums on that day when I was he was old enough to do so. And then we caught a train and went up to New York City and then flew back the following following week. And we just went with it. I mean, that's just the way my son is, the way the way I was. And I kind of put it into his lap, both the trips I took with the kids to D.C. one time and myself. I knew where I wanted to be based on it'll work well if we base here or we base here or whatever. Um, I think I'm more... Um, relaxed almost on a business trip as opposed to on a personal trip because I feel like the expectation's higher. Yeah, put it that way. But um, that's probably a terrible answer to your question. But no, no uh, yeah. there's no, no no right answer, no <laughs> wrong answer. What about uh, you? And my and my 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 differentiating uh, significant business and and, and and personal travel. Uh, I traveled an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I, I traveled an awful lot while my my two daughters were very young, and and my wife dealt with that marvelously. Mm-hmm. My my younger daughter insists that that for kind of her 
Not her her pre-adolescent period. She she kind of always insists, even to this day, that she was just raised by a single mom. <laughs> because I I traveled so You'd much. Be gone a while. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so the, the the distinction was when I when I traveled alone, I I I, I, I had my eccentricity. I mean, when I traveled alone on business, sure, I had my eccentricity. I knew how I wanted things to be, how I wanted to work. I knew where I wanted to sit on the airplane. I, I knew uh, I arranged flights. But like, when I did travel with my family, I, 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 I took it to heart that I, I got to travel more. I got to enjoy a lot of things. And so when mm-hmm. I did have the opportunity to travel with my family, it became all about letting them have a good time. Yeah. At least what I thought would be a good time. Yeah. Right now, so so you know, sometimes they, they, I, I did things that didn't make any difference to them at all, right? But but uh, literally, uh, if I had the opportunity to uh, traveling with with my family uh, to to get us upgraded to to a higher uh, to first class or business class on on, on a trip. I love to do it because I thought that they would enjoy the flights better. Sometimes mm-hmm. they did. Sometimes it didn't make any difference. They, sure. they, they were all, my, my wife's a very petite lady. Uh, mm-hmm. She fits into coach yep. seats on an airplane without any problem at all. Right. And so the fact that I've, I've got it upgraded to, to business class or first class was, was nice, but uh, it didn't make a big deal. Uh, my younger daughter, my younger daughter and I probably have a share of bond, even though she was the one that was she viewed was she was raised by a single mom. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, we, we we share a lot of attitudes, and and she likes travel mm-hmm. exactly the same way I do. And so, uh, the first time uh, she she went with me on a on a trip to Paris, and and uh, in returning, I was able to get us upgraded to, to first class on the on the return flight. She she enjoyed that. She. She learned thing about learned things about flying first class that I didn't even know about. Oh wow! Least, yeah, you know if it was available, she did it. So the, the, the distinction is that 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 when I travel personally, it was generally I was much more concerned with 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 making sure that my family was entertained. Yeah, you know, and there were there were things that that I would have done or that I did that I found enjoyable, and I tried to arrange it for them. Mm-hmm. As I say, sometimes to good effect, sometimes not so much. But it was it was more about, uh, and and so I, I guess I paid. Well, I, I certainly I paid a lot more attention in the travel to what was going to be making them more comfortable, making making it more enjoyable uh, uh, for them, which in turn I, I enjoyed. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's fun if, you, if you're able to, to, to kind of act like a host and entertain somebody else. That's fun in and of exactly. itself. You know? And that's bringing back to me memory of, uh, so the one trip that I took with, with my kids, it was just the three of us, um, I think it was... 2010 somewhere around there so it's like 13 14 years ago and it was to dc and so ahead of that i said okay guys i want you to choose some things you want to go to but there's there were two for sure maybe three i said we're going to go to the national archives and we're going to see the the constitution we're going to go to arlington national cemetery and we're going to see the tomb of the unknown soldier and I think I had a third, but those two were like it. And then I just laid out the Smithsonian in front of them, and I said, "Those are easy pickings. Choose what you want there." And the most fun they my my daughter I think picked out. She wanted to go to the Postal Museum. She just thought that looked cool. I mean, on the website, and I'm like, 
Well, that's an easy hit. You know, it's it's right there next to the train station. Pro- probably not huge lines. <laughs> no, no, and they loved it. They they absolutely loved it. They went down to the little stamp store and stuff like that. So, giving them that choice, and we flew into Dulles. I was I stayed with a college roommate and his family out there. That helped with some of the the cost for and. They were great. They, you know, we we stayed in their basement and stuff, and we just had to deal with getting in and out of the city every day, which that's another story. Um, but it was fun. We just we just had a fun time. They were very flexible. They were at an age where they were old enough to make some of their own decisions. Um, uh, we we saw the Fourth of July. We we sat on the not even the steps, but basically the the tall block. Uh, <laughs> ledge in front of uh, Lincoln Memorial and I think we got settled in there like at 3 in the afternoon and watched the fire. We had a great view um, but they both just kind of like, I remember my daughter kind of saying, how much longer? Probably about 5 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of got to know the people next to us. You Could you keep our seat? We're going to go find the boys and girls room and stuff. But it was just a, it was a fantastic trip from my perspective and um, it gave the kids a chance to kind of choose the things they wanted to see. It's interesting. I, I perhaps I guess we're getting ready to. Yeah, we're close to. We're, we're about to. We're about to lap the yeah. lap the clock. But that's so, okay. So I'll I'll, I'll 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 at least offer a, a closing uh, observation that, sure. that in traveling a lot, and I think Mike and I are both the same way. Although I, I may have traveled a little more, but the 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 the, the idea of travel and and the the. The act of traveling and the attitudes toward traveling, uh, I found it interesting in my case, really, I, I always think, rubbed off a lot on my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interestingly enough, my my two daughters and my wife uh, all have loved traveling, I think, and have traveled extensively. Uh, often, we, 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 when they were very young, we traveled as a family. Uh, as as time has gone on, then then everybody's kind of had their own independent uh, mm-hmm. uh, desires about traveling. But both of my daughters are very comfortable about uh, traveling internationally, being going out internationally. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, when when the girls were were uh, middle schoolers, getting into high school, I always made it a point uh, with both of them to take them to Paris. I always wanted mm-hmm. I always yep. wanted them to see Paris. Take them to Paris, and and I, I literally never felt particularly worried about my going to the office for the day and turning them loose. I would generally take them with a friend, so mm-hmm. there would generally be two of them together. Right. I, I really never had any issues with just turning them loose on the city and and, yeah. and letting them go. And so they 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 have they have the attitudes of enjoying travel. They they like to do it. Uh, I I I. We've had instances. Uh, I recall uh, uh, instances sitting in Hong Kong and uh, 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 making phone calls to my wife and, and daughter yeah. and both of my daughters, and none of us were in the same continent. You know, right. we, we were we were all around the world. Uh, uh, as I, the first time I went to, to China to Beijing and, and 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 had a car take me out to the Great Wall. Had to go see the Great Wall. Sure. Standing on the Great Wall, you there know, you and trying to figure out. So I, I called one of my daughters, uh, uh-huh. you know, to, 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 to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, just to share the experience. Conversely, I was sitting at home at, at literally one o'clock in the morning, 
uh, with my, my older daughter was traveling for business. She was traveling for business this time. Uh-huh. She was in, in Washington, D.C., and the phone rang. It was 1 o'clock. I thought, oh, crap, you know, something has gone terribly wrong. And it was my it was my older daughter, and she said, Dad, she said, I just I had to talk to somebody. She said, I, she said, I, I got into the hotel. She was at a, at a, at a downtown hotel in D.C. I think, actually, uh-huh. it was the... Uh, um, the Will- Willard, it was the Willard, I think it is. Very, very nice oh, hotel. Yeah. It's about a block away. This from is the, right from the White House. The White House, yeah. yeah. So, so Willard, I didn't get in here about eleven o'clock. She said they they put me in this suite. She said I'm in this I'm in this <laughs> fantastic suite. You know, everything's laid out. She said I've got to get up and leave at six. o'clock. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So she said I'm I'm in this marvelous suite yeah. for six hours. She said I just had to talk to somebody That's about right. it, and I, I told her, yeah, I've I've been in exactly that same situation. So yep. we we talked we talked for a good half hour as she described the suite. She and gave, what me it was all like. gave yep. me a tour. Gave me a tour of it. Uh, Knowing that that uh, she was she was going to get about three hours sleep and then was going to have to get up and, and head out the next day, but that's cool. I think the interesting thing is that that, that, that they're they're all comfortable with with traveling and I uh, they, they 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 enjoy. Uh, I think experiences. that's I think that's one thing we were both able to do for our kids um, is convey a sense of if not wonder, um, just a lack of fear of traveling abroad. Or, or travel in general, that, that things will work themselves out. That trip I was telling you about to D.C., our, our connection got canceled. Uh, we, we, they gave us choices. You know, they were like, your onward flight is canceled. Would you like to reschedule out of Austin tomorrow or go up to Dallas? We'll go to Dallas because, you know, the drill. Don't mess with... <laughs> yep. If you're going to start the day, you might as well start the day with all the airplanes, yep. uh, the place there. So uh, a little... F- frustration or confusion or a little concern from the kids especially the older one but then as we got up there it became this is what we're doing this is cool and and we'll get there i i have to I have to observe there's always one more yeah, yeah, yeah. but the story but I, I i have to observe that my, my younger daughter in particular uh she, she set out traveling she she watched me she watched her older daughter she she decided about about three years before she should have that she liked international travel and and, mm-hmm. and, and and she was very comfortable with it. But one of the reasons she got comfortable with, and, and she, we were talking about this literally a few weeks ago that, that that she finally realized is that that I was kind of watching out for her whenever she traveled, and so mm-hmm. there were there were instances when, when she was on the road by herself. Uh, I would pay attention to her flights, and and there were instances where her flights would get canceled, and I would reread her. I was her concierge. Mm-hmm. I would reread sure. her travel, and and she'd get off the plane, didn't realize she had a problem. She'd get off the plane, and, yeah, yep. and, and and her her, her new connections uh, reservations had all been made. Uh, you yeah, know? yeah, and uh, and so she 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 got to really enjoy that. So she cool. She would have enjoyed that being a a really frequent flyer and having the airlines watch out for her. But yeah. as long as Dad was back there, kind of watching, Dad's got her covered. That, that that helped a lot as well. Cool. Well, enjoyed it, Tim. It was a fun day. We'll do everything we can next time not to talk about travel. Well, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, see how it goes. well, it should be time to talk about space stuff again. Oh so yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Tim. Enjoyed yeah. it. It was fun. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on episode thirty-one of the Mike Newman Show. Thanks for joining us once again as we uh, just sit down and have a good little conversation together, one of those breakfast with Dr. Tim. 
Uh, give us a thought. Give us your thoughts. Uh, drop us a note at mike at mike newman dot show, and that website is m i k e n e u m a n n dot show. Uh, there you'll see um, episode notes, uh, just links, and every now and then, uh, then when I get around to it, that uh, have information related to what we discussed in the show. Um, hopefully, I'll get around to doing some chapters and so forth as well that you'll be able to follow along in a new podcast app. So what's a new podcast app? Well, it's all part of Podcasting 2.0, which is extending, defending, and um, basically enhancing podcast experience for listeners and podcasters. And you can find out all about those cool things and those features at newpodcastapps.com, N-E-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-P-P-S.com. And this is a value-for-value podcast. project so it's kind of a hobby for me but i do enjoy it and uh but it does cost a little bit of money to keep the server up and running and in a value for value thing um i get together with tim put this together talk about stuff that's hopefully of interest to you because well we enjoy doing it so we try to put a little value out there and if if in return you say you know i really did get some value out of that i learned a new thing or hey i've got a thought on this it had me thinking about something in a new or different way um, heck, even just send us back idea for another uh, episode at mike at mikenewman.show. Or you can drop us uh, a couple of Fiat Fun coupons, a little bit of cash maybe, at um, buymeacoffee.com slash Mike Newman. And uh, you'll see that link um, on the website uh, for this episode as well. Or if you're in a new podcast app, it'll be right in there. It'll take you to that uh, through the value for value info. So uh, look forward to catching you all next time. And until then, John 317.